This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women and addiction. Welcome you to this special joint podcast episode. Right. I'm Amy Smith with Worth Recovery. And I'm Jackie Pack with Thanks for Sharing. And we're super excited to be with you today. We've talked about um, both on Worth Recovery and Thanks for Sharing uh, about the joint venture that we do called One Layer Deeper. Right. So we want to first talk about some upcoming events. Well, really everything on this podcast is going to be talking about what's coming up on One Layer Deeper mm-hmm. and what we have planned and what's scheduled and what opportunities that listeners have. Yeah. And you've probably, if you're a listener to either Worth Recovery or Thanks for Sharing, you've probably heard us talk about One Layer Deeper. Right. And kind of um, what what we do there. Uh-huh. But just for those of you that might be new or you're just catching up, um, Jackie and I worked together a couple of years ago to start an organization we call One Layer Deeper. And the point is that as we get further in recovery... There's less and less resources for those of us in recovery for anything, whether right. you're in addiction, whether it's codependency, I mean, whatever you're recovering from, as you get further into your recovery, there seems to be fewer and fewer resources right. for you to really access to be able to do yeah. some of that deeper and, and work. And many people really benefit up front at recovery from going to like a week-long intensive or a weekend reten- intensive or different things to kind of jump start the recovery they have going mm-hmm. and like you said the f- further along in recovery you get there's not those resources right, right. so um, maybe you want to come work on an issue for a weekend and just really dive deep into it instead of kind of dragging it out for months mm-hmm. it seems to be like especially when you're new they're really focused all those resources are really focused on uh, sobriety, uh-huh, right? And right. really establishing a solid sobriety, which is what you need at that point. Right. Absolutely. And for sure. Cause you can't really do much work if you can't stay sober. Uh-huh. And yet after you kind of have established that, I know for me, once I had established a really good solid sobriety, the resources kind of evaporate. I don't want to go yeah. spend a weekend talking about sobriety anymore. Like that's not a problem for right. me. But all these other problems surface mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm still not quite having the relationships I want. Right. I'm still, you know, having issues and struggles with family. I'm still having just general life issues mm-hmm. come up and I benefit from having those opportunities to get away, mm-hmm. spend some time in a safe environment and dig into one of those topics. Right. So we have two intensives scheduled for the second half of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one is going to be on family of origin work. Yeah, and that will be in October. And Mm -hmm. you can find all the dates on our website, onelayerdeeper.com. But we're going to do a family of origin intensive in in October. Right. So those issues, I I mean, and don't think that we didn't, think through the timing of that, right? Because right. <laughs> October is right before a lot of the family stuff happens, right? It's hitting right before the holidays. Mm-hmm. And most people have a hard time around family during the holidays or they're around the family more than usual. And so those issues really get triggered and brought up. 
Yeah. And so we really thought about when would be a good time to do that. And we thought October would be a great time to dig into your family story. Mm-hmm. And in the family of origin work, we really start by talking about the the story that you were born into, right? right. Because according to social media, your story starts at birth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but we know that that's not true, right? That there are so many different opportunities and so many situations and so many circumstances and so much trauma that you are born into, that you're born into a story that's already happening. Right. And so we that take... profoundly impacts your story. Right. And it can enhance it or impair you and give you different strengths or different challenges that you have to work through. And so we're going, we spend a lot of time going through that and talking about the story you were born into and doing a family genogram. Mm-hmm. And then we go and talk about the strengths and the dysfunction, the, you know, what that your dysfunction or whatever it was that you were born into provides strengths for you as a person right? and how you can utilize those strengths. We talk about how your childhood might be showing up in ways that you don't want it to <laughs> in your mm-hmm. adult life. And then we spend a lot of time talking about functional adulthood yeah, and what that's going to look like and how you can get closer to that place where you want to be, where your relationships are, are working for you instead of against you. Which sounds great, right? And those are, I mean, that's one of the issues that oftentimes addiction starts from family of origin issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to figure those out at some point in recovery or we're just going to keep getting triggered with not really an awareness around that or a new plan for that. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who get sober and then have to like disconnect from their family, uh-huh. like cut them off, like right. build a wall because it's so triggering to be yes. back with their family that they can't stay sober yeah. and make the that other happen. thing about that though too. Right. I mean, I guess that's one solution to just cut off the family, mm-hmm. but for most people in recovery, they have families that they've created, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're married, they have kids or they want to be married and have kids and, and so, so what's that going to look like? Right. Right. I know what I don't want to do. And that's just the plan for having my own family. <laughs> right. It leaves this big void, right? right? Of like, what am I going to do for the future? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think even people that disconnect and build those walls, that's not their first choice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of their choice by default. Right. Because they don't really know that there is another option. Yeah. Right. So I'm really excited about that one. That will be in October. It's yeah. the 11th through the 13th. So we would love to have you come join us. You can get that information on onelayerdeeper.com. The second intensive that we have coming up in the fall um, is in November. It's the first week of November, and it is about grief and loss. Yeah. And this is a topic, right? I think you and I were having a conversation one time, and we were talking about how much grief and loss is kind of littered throughout Mm. uh, recovery stuff Mm -hmm. and recovery resources, but it's not... A standalone. Right. Right? Like it's there and when you start becoming aware of your own grief and loss issues, um, you can start picking it up and like, oh my gosh, it's all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. It is addressed. It is talked about, but not necessarily like brought attention to Mm -hmm. and then focused on just grief and loss all by itself. Right. I was actually Mm -hmm. asked to do a a speaker meeting in a 12-step group around the idea of loss. Mm -hmm. And I have a PDF version of the big book of recovery, AA, the mm-hmm. AA big book. And so because it's PDF, I can do like a word search, right. right? So I searched for the word loss 
in that book and it's mentioned over a hundred times i want to say it was like 126 or something like that uh-huh. but it was it was a huge number of times that the word loss comes up and grief itself comes up more than 50 times in that book and yet no one would ever consider the aa big book a book about loss and grief right right like i don't think people i don't think people yeah. make that association but and, it's there and, and there's it a is lot talked there. about right like i mean sometimes people will talk about that um, addiction is a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for dealing with loss. Right, right. You know, or uh, Patrick Carnes, that we've read a lot of his literature, he talks about addiction being um, an interrupted grief cycle. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is so much there, but we don't really talk about it, like you're saying, standalone. Right. Right. And I think having uh, gone through my own grief process, mm-hmm. These last few years um, with the, the number of deaths, just deaths that have right. come into my family. Which isn't even, I mean, a lot of times people think about grief and loss in terms of death. Right. And both of us have experienced mm-hmm. that. Um, but that's that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to grief and loss, right? There's so many other ways that grief and loss occurs in a person's life. Right. And I think I wasn't really open to that until I started grieving like the death. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh wait, there's there's so much more here to grieve. Yeah. And there's so much loss that has nothing to do necessarily with death that right. has to be discussed and talked about and worked through. And that really opened me up to all sorts of other grief and loss uh-huh. that I've had to do some work on. Yeah. And it may be one of those, like maybe you're thinking, wow, I don't know how to choose between those two intensives, right? If you have the time to come out for two different weekends, I do think they pair very well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Right? And so I think as you do a family of origin intensive, um, you would be ready to look at the grief and loss, mm-hmm. right? Because those things do pair very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot of grief and loss around family mm-hmm. of origin. But we couldn't get to all of it in one weekend. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. So we're excited about both of those intensives mm-hmm. coming up this fall. Um, again, you can find all that information on onelayerdeeper.com. Mm-hmm. Just spelled out, O-N-E-L-A-Y-E-R-D-E-E-P-E-R.com. And we're excited to be able to provide these resources for those of you that you know, have some, some sobriety and mm-hmm. are ready to dig one layer deeper. I mean, right. that's where we came up with the name, right? right? Like. That it's self-explanatory. Once I, right. <laughs> once I peel off that addiction component of, of my recovery and my sobriety is a, is somewhat stable, it gives me an opportunity to really work in that one layer deeper ground and area mm-hmm. and really work on what that, what that can look like and how that can impact my life for the better. Yeah. So the other thing that we have, and all, this is also on um, the One Layer Deeper website, um, is the boundary box. Mm-hmm. And we rolled this out a couple weeks ago at the ITAP Symposium. Um, We've gotten several people to sign up just from that. Right. Um, And so most of you have heard of subscription boxes, right? You've got your food subscription boxes, your clothing, your thing for your dog. Yeah, makeup. Right. All of those kinds of stuff. Coffee, that's a big one. Oh, yeah, coffee, self-care kind of stuff. Right. Um, So it's along those lines. It's a subscription box, and you can... Start in June, right? The first boxes are set to go out in June. Um, but you can sign up anytime during the year, right? right? Like if you sign up in December, you're still going to get 12 months worth of boxes. Right. It's a one-year program. So mm-hmm. 12 months is all you're signing up for. Yeah. From whenever you sign up, you're right. signing up for 12 months. And we decided um, to stick with one topic 
and just kind of slice it in 12 different ways. Mm -hmm. And so the first topic that we came up with was boundaries. Right. Yeah. And I was really excited about this concept or idea because we know a lot of you can't travel Mm -hmm. and we know a lot of you, you know, taking a weekend or a week off and coming and doing an intensive is difficult. And yet we get a lot of people that ask us about boundaries. How Mm -hmm. do we do boundaries? How do we, how do you do this? How do you do that? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And as you get further along in recovery, further along, that's what I meant to say. (laughs) As you get further along in recovery, I think you understand more and more the importance of really solid boundaries. Yes. Especially if you want to live a life that Mm -hmm. you want to live, like one that you love living, right? You need those solid boundaries Mm -hmm. to help you. Yeah. And so we decided to take what we would do in in an intensive and kind of spread that out over a year. Right. And really look at these boundaries in depth and give you activities and worksheets and meditations. And a fun novelty item. Right. And, you know, things to help you. Um, There's also affirmation cards, just different things to do every month Uh for the entire year. Right. uh, To really help you slice these boundaries and work on them. Yeah. So let's talk about how we broke it up, right? So we broke up boundaries into 12 topics. So the first one we're going to talk about the first month, we're just going to talk about why boundaries, right? And you may have an idea of like why boundaries are important or the lack of boundaries in recovery that caused problems, Mm -hmm. right? And again, this could be for, I mean, it's, it is recovery based, but I think anybody could benefit, right? I think we live in a world that is vague about boundaries, right? We either overdo boundaries or we underdo boundaries. So I think anybody could benefit from 12 months of boundary work. Because we're all kind of recovering from yes. life, life, right? Yes. <laughs> so we're recovering from being born, right? Or whatever you want to yeah. call that. We're all recovering from something. Yes. And so though it's recovery focused, it is definitely general enough that wherever you're at in your life, if boundaries is a topic that you yeah. feel drawn to, yeah. you're going to have incredible Yeah, you could give a gift. You could buy one for yourself and gift one to a friend, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. so that you're working on these together and right. having those discussions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the first month, like I said, we're going to talk about why the necessity for boundaries and we're going to um, just kind of talk about how boundaries are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Right. We have a model for boundaries mm-hmm. um, that we use. It's actually Jackie's creation. My genius idea. It is. It's totally genius because it. Cha- I know it changed my life for ba- about it boundaries. It came really out of desperation, which a lot of genius does, right? And so we have this model that we're going to introduce to you on like why boundaries mm-hmm. and why they're, why we're going to talk about it. I think as more and more people talk about boundaries, like I know I did a search the other day and like the information that comes up is so contradictory. Mm. Like, you know, these people say this is, should be your boundary or this should be your right. boundary. Or they say you shouldn't have boundaries. Like if you, you know, you should just be able to do what you want to do oh, and yeah. not have to contain yourself or not have boundaries or like, oh man, it's kind of crazy. Mm. And so we want to provide some uh, grounding in that yeah. area and some solid information for you to be able to operate on. Yeah. So, and, and, and I think it's some, because I mean, some boundaries are going to be like, duh, right? Like, yes, that's a boundary. And why do we even have to talk about it? Everybody knows that. Right. And yet everybody doesn't. Mm-hmm. And some are going to be unique to you mm-hmm. and unique to your situation or your life. Um, And so there is some room for uniqueness in this and Mm -hmm. individuality in this. And then there's also some common things about boundaries. Yeah. 
So this first box, there's some reading um, where we kind of introduce this model to you mm-hmm. and talk to you about boundaries and origins of boundaries and why we all have mm-hmm. the boundaries, necessity for boundaries. Right. And why it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're going to go through all of that in the first one. And there's, so it's set up so that you get kind of a weekly schedule, like your box comes and there's week one, week two, week three, week four, mm-hmm. and you have an activity or a reading or some different assignments that go along not assignments, activities. I like activities better. Yeah. It's not like assignments. It's not homework, really. No, yeah, right? So we've got some activities that you do every week. And mm-hmm. then the next month, you get another one. Yeah. So month two. So no, month one is just kind of that introduction. Introduction. Yeah. Month two, we're going to talk about the barriers that you experience to boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Which there's a lot for p- people. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. If you start having a conversation with people about boundaries, just like what you found when you went online. There's a whole lot of different opinions um, you know, there's just, that can be confusing. And so we're going to talk about the barriers to boundaries mm-hmm. and help you navigate your way through so that you find your boundaries. Right. Yeah. And those bound, those barriers can be, sometimes they're gender specific, mm-hmm. right? Like different genders get different messages around right. what boundaries they should or should not have. Uh, so we're going to go through that. We're also going to talk about your experience. There's a place for you to really reflect on what your experience has been around mm-hmm. boundaries and the barriers that you've experienced mm-hmm. and kind of your initial default settings, right? Yeah. That's what we want to uncover right. is kind of your default settings so that we can figure out what's working for you uh-huh. and what's not. What's missing. And then the third month, you're going to be focused on how your boundaries are really about you, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times I see this mistake made where people want to make a boundary that they have no control over, right? But they would hope that the other person would act this way. So their boundary is about this other person. Right. And again, like we said, you have no control over that. And so it's usually going to fail and make you really frustrated. Mm-hmm. And we've got to figure that out, right? <laughs> so we've got right. to be able to bring that back to you in a way that says, okay, my boundary is mine and it has to be something I'm in charge of. Right. Only. That I can control. Yes. Right. That I have control over mm-hmm. that. I think a common one, like, and this is, you know, a little trite maybe, but a common one that I hear a lot is like, well, I told them that they can't talk to me that way. Right. Well, I I can't control what they do or do not say. Right. right? Like I told them, like I set a boundary, like you will not yell at me. Uh Well, I I can't control that. Right. That's not a boundary that I can set. I can't decide if you will or will not yell. Yes. Right. And this starts so young, right? I mean, this reminds me of like a a playground argument that Mm -hmm. happens, right? And we may be super frustrated because it's always gone like that. And I'm like, I said you can't do that. Don't touch me. Mom, they're touching me. Right? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's not going to work that way. Right. Because if I set a boundary, I have to be able to control it. And mm-hmm. and so that can't be the boundary. Right. Right. But I think we confuse that. Yeah. Because I think society thinks that I should tell or, you what to or do and even if that they will work. do, right? So, so they may say... I'm, when somebody starts yelling at me, I get up and walk away. And that works great until you're in a car. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So we have to have this boundary that's um, usable in a variety of situations, right? Mm-hmm. And you may have like, here's boundary A, here's boundary B, here's boundary C. So it can adapt to the various situations you find yourself in. Right. So we're going to talk about what those barriers have been for you and how you can really focus on yourself. Right. Uh, and what the boundaries being about you. Yeah. Right? And that leads into the next month, which is really about personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. And so 
Um, which another way of talking about that is kind of those internal boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. What boundaries do I have with myself? Right. Right. I think that's one that we don't always talk about enough. Right. Is like, what are the boundaries I have with myself? Because no one, I'm not, no one might know about those. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I know people, especially like in the addiction world who have no personal boundaries with themselves. Yeah. Right. Or they'll say things like, I can't keep a promise to myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never been able to do that. Right. Right. Or I've never been able to, you know, really enforce that for myself. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. What that looks like. Why. Some of the struggles you might have had with that. And what those personal boundaries can be. And then the next month, building on personal boundaries, we're going to talk about relational boundaries. Right. So how do I relate to others? And what are my boundaries around that? Yeah. So knowing what my internal boundaries are, I can then navigate the external boundaries a little bit better Mm -hmm. um, and understand how that works and how I need to be in relationships, right? And what relationships will work for me or won't work for me and Mm -hmm. what boundaries I take into those relationships. Because you'll find that even in the healthiest of relationships, there still are boundaries. There's still a need for boundaries. The boundaries are working, which is why it's so healthy. Mm-hmm. But both people have their internal and external boundaries in check. Right. And they know what they are. Right. right? And, and they are intentional yeah. about those. So once we have that kind of foundation of my internal mm-hmm. and then my external boundaries, we're going to talk about boundaries overdone and boundaries undone. Or underdone. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Underdone. So boundaries overdone and boundaries underdone. Right. right? Because sometimes, I mean, I've... I, I haven't done this personally, right? My default is to overdo boundaries and I, I don't tend to, well, sometimes I do underdo, maybe I'm taking that back, right? Because <laughs> I think sometimes because I know I tend to like dial up that boundary so easy and I can overdo the boundaries and I know that about myself. And so then sometimes I'm like, okay, that's just me being rigid. That's just me being super guarded and so then all of a sudden I do nothing, mm-hmm. right? And I and then it goes on and then I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I underdid that boundary because right. I know I, I overdo, right? So, right? so that's actually true about myself. Um, but I think that's true for most people, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you haven't had boundaries, the concept of boundaries can feel so empowering that all of a sudden, like, you have way too rigid boundaries. Right. And so we've got to navigate that and find the balance. Mm-hmm. I would say that was definitely me in this journey, right? Like, I came in not really knowing that there was a concept of boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, threw up, a, a, like, a brick wall. <laughs> now you've like, got, like, iron gates and <laughs> right? steel. Yes. You know, like, with massive security checks right. and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. And so then I had to learn to, like, then I, I realized, oh wait, like I'm alone, like right. with this big huge <laughs> fortress around me, and like yeah, that's not how I wanted Which to be. Which is boundaries overdone, right? right? You know, and so then I had I swung back the other way and just like knocked it all down, right? <laughs> but you just you have to it's a negotiation, right? right? To Absolutely. kind of figure out where that middle ground is mm-hmm. and really dial in what's working for you. Yeah. So once we kind of talk about that, like, so what are my personal boundaries? What are my external boundaries? What do those look like when they're overdone or underdone, yeah. right? Now we're going to talk, we're going to take those boundaries out into your relationships. The first relationship we're going to talk about in month seven is your familial boundaries. Yeah. What do your boundaries need to be about around your family? Yeah. Whether that's family of origin, whether that's family of creation, whatever that is, 
what what do those boundaries need uh-huh. to look like? Because for some people, it's surprising, and this was surprising to me too personally. Like once I figure out all these boundaries and I've got them working really well, why is it that when I go to a family function, I'm like, <laughs> I, uh, right? Like totally. And I can't, I can't do it, right? And right. I fall back into the role that I played in the family, and I'm just like, oh man, like so again. That happens for people, right? Regardless of how good your boundaries are working elsewhere, sometimes you you go around your family and it's like, what did I do? What? (laughs) Do I have boundaries? Right? It's like, okay, I figured all of that out with my family of origin now, but what do I do with the family I'm creating, Mm -hmm. right? And how does that look there? And and again, just because you know what not to do doesn't mean that you know what What to to do. do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a really good place to to kind of start to experiment uh-huh. and learn and practice, right? right? Uh, the second relationship we'll look at is work professional relationships, yes. right? What are boundaries at work going to look uh-huh. like? Um, and that's the topic of our eighth box. Yeah. Like what is professional boundaries going to look like? Right. And and this, I mean, I think we had a, a big spotlight shown on this issue with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. right? But it it's not like the Me Too movement really uncovered stuff that people didn't know about. Right. It just really brought a spotlight to it. So we're going to talk about those types of boundaries, but we're also going to talk about um, just boundaries in the workplace, not necessarily like sexual boundaries in the workplace, although we do have to talk about that. Um, But I think oftentimes workplaces can be this um, place where everybody brings their family of origin dysfunction. So true. And... And it plays out. Right. And, and they, it's hard for them to see because they're like, but this is work. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, this is a place where people are coming together and they see each other on a regular basis, probably more than you see your family of origin. Why would you not think that those, mm-hmm. that those dysfunctional family things don't get recreated there? Right. Well, and I was thinking like while you were talking, I'm like, there's so many different types of boundaries at work that we mm-hmm. have to look at, right? Like, because your internal boundaries that you have personally with yourself can play out at work. Mm -hmm. Do I steal things from my in-place of employment? Mm -hmm. Do I cheat the time clock? Do I lie? Do I lie? Are there things there, right? Mm -hmm. And then also the relational boundaries play out, you Mm -hmm. know, at work as well, the familial boundaries, those types of things, you know, do I take credit for other people's work? Right. Do I give credit for credits due? Do I know how to speak up? Right. Is my voice heard? Mm -hmm. Right. Like all of those things play out in the in the in over the workplace. Right. And like you said, we see these people a lot of times more often than we see anybody our family, else. Anybody yeah. else that we can. And so it's important that we really know what those work boundaries look yeah. like. But we've got to have this is why it comes later, right? Because we've got to have some good things and awareness and knowledge but mm-hmm. before we start taking that into a work. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Okay. The next topic that we'll discuss is boundaries and vulnerability. Yeah. So I think sometimes I've seen this before where people, um, you know, vulnerability is kind of a, a trendy word, mm-hmm. right? And, and it makes it, I often, I often think, sorry, I often think when something starts hitting the vernacular in business, we know it's trending, right? Because yeah. it, True. it often doesn't start in business or at least not the like mental health stuff doesn't start in business, right? right. And so we even have a lot of, talk in business about vulnerability, but sometimes people are like, vulnerability means I just am completely open and I share everything. And it's like, (laughs) no, that's not what vulnerability means. And And that's setting you up for some heartbreak. For sure. 
That's not healthy at all to put it all on the line. Right. Right. And to put it all out there. Yeah. And so we're going to talk this month about developing those safe relationships. Yes. And that vulnerability happens on a continuum. Right. And, and that you, you're the one that controls that. Right. Right. And so if you're feeling like you're constantly overexposed, well, you're the one that controls that, right? right? And so you need to figure out yeah. what. Those or if people are, are always coming to you and telling you way more than you want to know, how do you deal with that, mm-hmm. right? How do you say I don't want that all, all that information, right? Right. And maybe that's inappropriate. Why right. are you telling me all of right. this information? Yeah. <laughs> right. So that will be our box number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, box number ten is going to be about cognitive boundaries. Yeah. And this is a topic that I am really um, passionate might be a really big word about, but at least that I'm really excited about Uh or um, have a lot of thoughts because this was an issue, like a massive issue in my family. Um, You couldn't believe something or have a belief or an idea that everybody didn't agree with, Mm. right? Like there were no, there was no space for cognitive boundaries. Like you believe something and I believe something and they're different. And we're okay, right? right? right. Like, there was no We don't have space to reach for that. Um, the same right, idea. Right, right. Like, I remember, uh, I remember a certain instance. My, uh, one of my sisters majored in zoology. Okay. And so she took a lot of evolution classes, uh-huh. right? And my brothers, and like, my brothers don't believe in evolution. Like, oh. like at all. Okay. I mean, like, not even on a continuum, right? There's just, like, there's no such thing as evolution. Mm. They're probably... I would hope that they're different now, because this was a while ago. Okay. Maybe, for like, 15 years ago. But I remember my sister, like, sitting in the living room, talking about, like, she had just done this class and this paper, and she and they had asked her, like, how was school going? And so she's talking about it. And for, like, literally 45 minutes, maybe to an hour, they sat there and tried to convince her that evolution did not exist, right? <laughs> like, it just did not happen. It did not exist. Like, there's just no such thing as it. And she just, like, I remember, like, going in and out of the room because I was not going to, like, be a part <laughs> of that. And her just sitting there and just, like, not saying anything. Like, and just, be, and they just, like, beating her up over mm-hmm. and over again, right? Like, this this isn't true. You can't believe that. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I just grew up in a family, so that, that wasn't allowed. Uh-huh. And so I have a, and I think we have a problem with that. In yes. society in yes. general right now, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about those cognitive boundaries. Because this gets us into situations of the us versus them, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't a healthy way to view things. No. And so we've got to be able to, to live in the both and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how to navigate that and how particular, like both directions, right? How to not be a bully, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then also how do you handle it when they're bullying you, right? right? And they're not allowing that space for mm-hmm. you. And then the next month, this is month 11, so we have some good things set up. You are well on your way in your boundary uh, work. And then we're going to work on boundary maintenance. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a one and done, right? Or I've got that, I've checked that box, I'm good to go, right? Because just like with so many things in our lives, if I don't maintain it, it's going to slide away. And so I've got to be able to maintain my boundaries and continue. And, and some of them, right? I mean, for some people, <clears throat> maybe at one point, their boundary was pretty firm and pretty um, assertive in a certain situation. And with some time, I, they might have had to change that, right? Mm-hmm. And because that strong, firm boundary didn't necessarily apply anymore. And so our boundaries, can they have to be flexible, 
right? Like they can't be like the steel wall that's put into place and mm-hmm. just stays forever, right? So we've got to have some flexibility among the boundaries and and we have to keep assessing and looking at what's working and what needs to change and what isn't necessary anymore. Right, right. And so we're going to talk about that in month 11 with boundary mm-hmm. maintenance and month 12, right. which is about navigating boundary changes, right? right? Because maintenance part, like you're saying, I mean, there's going to be some things that change. Uh-huh. You're going to meet new people. You're going to change. Like right. as different things change in your life, you're going to need to be able to maintain right. those boundaries and figure out, is that still working for right. me? Right. I, I mean, one of the things that I'll talk about with this, just kind of as a basic level, I'll talk about how, you know, when my kids were really young, we had this boundary or we had this rule that said, never, never, never cross the street without mom or dad there. Right. And we were like really firm on that boundary. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, we don't even have that boundary anymore, right? (laughs) Thank goodness. My kids are like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Because it's not necessary. Like, we just don't, like, that rule, like, at some point, right, they couldn't get to school without Mm -hmm. changing that boundary, right? They couldn't go where they needed to go without changing that boundary. And so, of course, that boundary served a necessary purpose at one time. But if we were to keep any hint of that boundary now, it would be a dysfunctional boundary. Right. And... And while that example is about kids growing up, which is awesome Mm -hmm. and necessary, that happens in adult lives too, right? right? Where we, at one point in time, put in a really rigid boundary Mm -hmm. because it's what we needed at the time. Right. And then as we change and as we move and as we grow and as life's change and things like that, those boundaries have to adjust with us. And so we want to give you some ideas on how you can constantly be assessing that. Uh Is it working for you? Right. And also some ideas on enforcing some of those boundaries as as we work on maintenance. And then in the, our final box, just about navigating those changes Yeah, because they are going to change and they need to. And you have to be open to that and flexible Uh with that. I think a lot of times, you know, we find something that works and then when it's not working, we berate ourselves and we're like, why isn't this working anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I, you know, make this happen when it's not a functional rule anymore? Right. Or it's just, not a, it, the situation changed and that's why it's not working. Right. And that's not necessarily anything about you, mm-hmm. right? Or anything bad about you, right. you know, that you can change along with that. Yeah. So those are our 12 months. Oh. And it sounds exciting. I know. I'm like super excited yeah. just talking about it yeah. with you. Like we've been working on it and putting those worksheets and activities together. And, and we've only done this for a hundred boxes. That's right. There's only a hundred boxes available. Yeah. Right? We don't, I mean, it's kind of like, I'm kind of a, um, I'm a sucker for like snarky t-shirts, right? That's my collection. <laughs> and several of them, right? They're like, this is only available for a limited time and then it's gone away and, you know, we don't want 100 boxes or 200 boxes sitting around forever, right? Right. So um, we've got 100 boxes. That's what we're doing on this. Some of them are already claimed. Right. So. Some of them are, we've already had people sign up, so right. we don't actually have 100 boxes That's anymore. right, we don't. Uh-uh. Um, but we're going to do this for 100 people, 100, pers- 100 subscriptions, and then we're moving on to a different topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we're really excited about it. You can get on the website. Again, it's a one-year-long program. Mm-hmm. Um, the box will come once a month. And $40 a month. $40 a month. And whenever you sign up is when you start your first box, right? right. So um, we're going to start shipping our very first boxes in June. Yes. So next month. Yeah. More excited about that. Also, um, we're doing a special add-on. 
So if you would like to um, talk to us once a month, we're going to do a webinar, just kind of a phone call once a month with anybody that wants to. Mm -hmm. It's an extra $10 add-on. So for $50 a month, you can get on with us. It'll be the third Monday, and we'll record them so you mm -hmm. can watch them later if you want. We'll talk about what's in your box, uh, give you some ideas, and then we'll spend some question time. Just yeah. whatever questions you have about boundaries, you'll be able to ask us. We'll mm -hmm. discuss them with you. And that's just as you scenarios. go. You don't have to pay that $10 for every month, right? It's just if you want that one month, you can do that. Yes, it can be. A, yes, sorry. It can be an add-on every month. Like you can either sign up for fifty dollars a mm -hmm. month and do it every month, or if like three months in, you're like, "Ooh, I want to talk to them about this." This bucks has me right. questioning some things. Uh huh. You can just do it for that one month. Yeah, yeah. So all of that information is on the website, onelayerdeeper.com. Um, so get on, figure that out, find if that's something that will work for you. You have the option to gift it as well. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to gift it to somebody like you and your friend can sign up and do that work together. Yeah. Yeah. Be super fun. So our first box ships next month. In a few weeks, actually. Yeah. 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 So we, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at info, um, at one layer deeper.com, or you can reach out to us through the Worth Recovery website or through the Healing Paths website, yeah. Thanks for Sharing website, whatever whatever you'd like. We would love to talk to you about this um, or talk to you about the intensives we have coming up, mm -hmm. any of that. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in today. Thanks. We hope you have a great day. of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.